Good morning, afternoon, and evening, Supercoach Elite. Welcome back to another Supercoach Elite's podcast, proudly sponsored by our sponsors at patreon.com forward slash SC Elites. My name's Corey, and as always, alongside me is the Bombs Express. Choo choo! That's right, Corey. The Bombs Express is back. And, um, well, round one of the footy. Who knows if it's even starting this week, Corey? But uh, if it is, I'm sure we'll have a few things to talk about in and amongst all of the, uh, the corona stuff. And,. Who knows, Corey? I might even have some uh, breaking news about why Brett is not here and whether it is or isn't related to Corona. Who knows? But before we get stuck into that, mate, uh, where can listeners hit us up on social media? Uh, find us on Twitter at SC Elite. Find us on FaceTunes. Facebook, iTunes, and SoundCloud at Supercoach Elites. And uh, as always, on Patreon at patreon.com forward slash SC Elites. Um, crazy week. This should be one of the most exciting times in our Supercoach week. Exciting and daunting. You know, that the worry of having a team, you know, is my team good enough to go out there with? You always say there's not enough time. And yeah, we're sitting here worrying. You know, we know we're going to be in empty stadiums this week, but how long until we've got no games of football and, um, yeah, all our Supercoach planning just kind of gone down the drain. So I suppose that's really what we're going to talk about today, uh, different strategies around kind of different environments because there's so much shit, there's so much in the air that we just don't know about. There's rumours and innuendo that we're kind of just sitting back and, you know, although we're playing an empty now here that could be 17-game season, could have, you know, four uh, six games in four weeks, there might be a break. We just don't know what's going on. It all can be... We can hear one thing now. What is it? 5.30 on a on a Monday. Um, we could hear one thing now and then it'll all be different next week. So, yeah, who knows what's going to happen. This is... Um, I mean, we've obviously, you know, and I'd imagine every listener we have out there is probably not older than, you know, 60, I'd imagine. So, no one's experienced this before. We don't know what the hell is going on. Um, and, you know, like you kind of said, you know, we could be looking at teams getting selected um, round one and we're kind of just, you know, settling in on some of those rookies and then all of a sudden people have gone away for two weeks and then people might get injured on the track and then we've already kind of set our team. So I wonder if, um, you know, Supercoach might compensate for this in any other way, whether that's um, increased, you know, training or, or any, uh, increased training, increased trading or something like that. I wonder if that's on the cards of the people down at HQ. So, um, yeah, it's definitely watch this space kind of category because at the moment we should be settling down on, you know, really fine-tuning the rookies, making those kind of decisions one way or another on our mid-prices. And, um, well, if you're probably not set on your premiums by now, then uh, maybe you're just in a whole other category of hurt, I'd imagine, with your teams. But uh, this is a weird, flat feeling because it doesn't feel like footy is three days away um, at all. No. I sit on the side of the fence where I don't want Supercoach to change at all. I don't want there to be more or less trades. I don't want there to be... Uh, or ideally, I've always advocated that let's drop the trades down from 30 back to 24, but that's a story for another day. Um, but during this crisis, I don't want there to be more trades. I don't want there to be, you know, um, extra trades per round or anything. It is what it is. Remain untouched. Let's just deal with the, the problems that we're going to face around that. Hypothetically, um, though, I mean, we get a five-week period, five games in three weeks from each team, and they're all of a sudden, for whatever reason, there's uh, an abundance of ins and outs. And, you know, this has got more to do with your premiums and everything else. You don't reckon a couple of cheeky extra trades during that period would be handy? Nah, see, this is what I'm talking about. Of course it'll be handy, but it'll make the game easier, and I don't want that. I get it'll be handy. I, you just is... want donuts everywhere. Exactly. So you just want the winner to be based on pure luck than anything else. Well, I think there's an element of uh, logic to behind a couple of your picks 
when it comes to this this fixture, and I think that's what we'll talk about. We will talk about kind of we'll play the devil's advocate in a whole bunch of scenarios today, Bumps. Um, and I think that that's I'd I'd be a little bit more comfortable with that. You'll see if this kind of shit happens, you'll see a lot of teams going hard early and wasting trades, and I think it'll really separ- separate those patient, good super coach players from you know a couple of amateurs out there as well. Yeah, I mean, I, I just, you know, we could, we don't like having to deal with the buy rounds as it, you know, as it is. Now, it just seems like if we do, and it seems incredibly likely, to be honest, it just keeps gathering momentum, you know, all this crap in the media, oh, you know, this document released, all that sort of stuff about this, you know, five weeks in, five games in three weeks. Now, during, all I'm suggesting is this, Corey, during our um, buy rounds, We've been up to have a maximum of three trades per round during that period. I think what I'm suggesting here is maybe we have a similar thing in there where we get three trades, right, for those weeks that go on, but it doesn't add or subtract from the 30 we have for the overall season. And it just might help cover some of these donuts, plug a few holes, just to sort of keep the, uh, yeah, just to kind of keep the momentum of the game going. Does that make sense? Yeah, but how often are you going to use the trade in those scenarios? Well, you might, look, you might not, however... You may choose to. Yeah. For instance, you know, you could have, you know, rookies at this point, Corey. You know, this could be around seven or eight in the season. We don't know. You could have rookies who might be a week away from culling or something like that, but all of a sudden, you know, they might be dropped or whatever. So you might choose to cull one of these rookies for a plain rookie. So you're kind of doing your downgrade, which you probably would have done at some stage, but you're also helping to fill a position potentially on field um, for the carnage that could potentially arise. I mean, this, this whole... You know, it doesn't sit well with me, uh, five five games in three weeks, and I'll be quite stressed when that comes out. What a piss, eh? You could have teams that are out of trades by round 10. Yeah, <laughs> hey, but you know what? Imagine, now, hypothetically, say Adam Trelaw, right? Good example, because he's done his hammy in the um, in the preseason. What if he'd done his hammy on the eve of a, of a scenario where players had to play five games in three weeks? It's not yeah. a three-week injury all of a sudden. That's a five-week injury. It's crazy. Yeah, well, that yeah, that's the other thing is injuries are going to affect a lot more. Do you expect Supercoach to react at all? Oh, I do, I do. And I think the way in which, and to me this just makes sense, right? Given the carnage we have in the buy rounds, and what did we lose, 33% of players? We could lose 20 to 30% of players on any given week. We could see each team making five or six changes between games if they have to play them in a short period of time. Now, whether that is, um, you know, they're throwing the extra trade or maybe, you know, instead of running a best 22, maybe they run, you know, five defenders. Yeah, five defenders, seven midfielders. Um, I reckon leave the rucks at two and five forwards or something like that. Just over those couple of weeks there, just to sort of say, um, yeah, well, let's let's sort of just give you a chop in in some way. But but I do expect it to react once, once we know what's going on. Otherwise, I think this is just going to be carnage. Yeah. I don't think there's anything wrong with carnage sometimes in Supercoach. Everything is wrong with carnage, right? Because you're going to have enough to deal with on any given year. You're going to have enough injuries. You're going to have enough bad picks as it is. You're going to, you know, cop things kind of left, right and centre. I think particularly for those, and I get what you're saying, because you're of the perspective of, well, if you build quite a deep list and all the rest of it and you've got the right rookies and you shouldn't have a problem fielding a team, but I'm deeply concerned because this is not like, 
you know your your you know your EPL or your soccer games. You know, ninety minutes. Um, you know, pitch shorter. It's not three hundred and sixty degrees. It's not kind of physical contact. You're not on the floor. You're not getting up. I mean, this is a lot more tougher um, to back up week after week. You hear clubs, you know, talking about recovery. They don't really, you know, they play on a Friday night. They're not really doing anything until, you know, the Tuesday or Wednesday the week after. Yeah. And at, at this rate, you know, five games in three weeks, they're going to be expected to play a game. can't remember who it was. I on SCN the other day and saying that, you know, you'll get veterans that definitely, if, if this is the workload, that if they're playing two games in, you know, three to four days, and there's no way that they're it's training. Done. Yeah. Absolutely done. And I'll tell you now, it, it's rearranging my thinking when it comes to um, injury-prone players. Yeah. That's what Lucky. I was going to ask you. How How is that affecting... I mean, we didn't really even segue what we were going to talk into, but I'm kind of liking where this conversation's flowing. How's that going to affect, um, you know, your thinking around those players that have had a lot of soft tissue. I mean, you're not the biggest soft tissue fan, but um, no. Josh Kelly, Fife, uh, Lockie Whitfield. How worried are you about them? Jack Stevens? So worried. I'll tell you now, I was not running Kelly or Fife um, in this sort of preseason anyway because I wanted just to get 22 games out of players. I thought you had a bit of Josh Kelly a little week ago, didn't you? Well, what, in the, um, what do you call it? In the top 10? Yeah, did yeah. you? Yeah. Yeah, well, and you I had him in your was, team too. Well, I mean, I was probably just, you know, floating with a bit of danger there, Corey, yeah. but he's, he's in that floating M5 mix. But I said on Lockie Neal because he's, I feel like he's going to play 22 games. It changes. This, for me, this changes everything because you get a soft tissue in a period like that, they're done for five weeks. And so you're trading, you're trading out. Lockie Whitfield is no longer an absolute certain starter for me. And you know who else isn't? Uh, Jack Steve. No, Dev. Dylan Robinson. Oh, Dylan Robinson, yeah. And uh, and only because, you know, what is the physical sort of toll it's going to take on his body? Yeah. Realistically. Yeah. The physical toll on his body during that period of time, I mean, I'm sorry. I mean, and he, look, he might only miss one game or he might miss two games kind of through that period. But And I think it might be a bit unrealistic to probably suggest that, you know, a player who's likely to play 22 year after year, someone like a McRae or a Lockie Neal or someone like that, it's probably unrealistic to think they're going to line up five times in those three weeks anyway. Oh, definitely. Yep. So, um, Dylan Robert, I'm all right with because I think he'll play. You know, it's, it's never been soft tissue. What about someone like Dockers? Because Carlton have quite a deep backline list. Like, you know, they've got a lot of backs who are knocking on that door. You could definitely see Dockers take a week off and Williamson jump in. Yeah, and but there's no way I'm starting my year without Tockety Um Four thirty k top six defender. I'm I'm assured of that. I think though I might have almost just talked myself out of trading out some of these players though, given that you know some of these other premiums might only play four max, maybe even three in that five game period. It's just going to come down to rotations. Um, your older guys, I'd be really worried. You know, your Basha Hullies or Shannon Hearns, your Cade Simpsons, anyone that's kind of likely, anyone that's even looking at that sort of stuff. I mean, you know, then you look into your, your midfields and you think about your Pendlebury's, your JPKs and these kind of players. Uh, you know, obviously Buddy's not going to play much footy down forward, but there's still a few senior bodies down forward um, as well that people might be considering. But, I mean... This is so hard to, to weigh up because this is not a regular season. This this is just totally up in the air. I, I think 
you're just going to need to have so much luck and depth of squad is going to be more important than anything else. So I think that's what I'm going to take. You know what else is funny and some other things that you have to think about too is um, there's going to be players that wouldn't normally score. It, it, again, if we're playing the six, uh, four, six games in four weeks or whatever it ends up being, you might get some players that are going to score, score some really weird scores that they wouldn't normally score as well. Like you might see some other outsiders playing a lot more midfield minutes. Um, so kind of not getting too sucked into them. I mean, you could see Chera from Frio, for example. You know, someone that we know they want to become a full-time midfielder. He could experience games where he plays full-time mid-roll and then goes and plays behind the ball the match after. Um Dustin Martin. Dustin Martin is one that now I'm seriously thinking is going to go play one game as a full-time midfielder and the next game as a full-time forward pocket. Um, I think teams like GWS are going to be very, very favourable through a fixture run like this. Kelly, Canelio, they can all go play forward. Let's give Green, um, both Greens, for instance, Toby Green and um, Tom Green, let's give them a run through the midfield for a game. Let's go put our stars down forward. Um, let's see how that goes. So you may get a couple of games where players aren't even rested. They're just rested forward. Um, yep. And, you know, with rotation. So instead of a, a Cali playing 70-30 forward mid, uh, you know, midfield forward, he's gone playing 70-30 or the opposite way, 30-70 midfield forward. So I think that the... Uh, the outliers, Bonfa, um, <laughs> are going to be very interesting uh, with Supercoach. And I just stress that don't get overly negative about it. If somehow you do get extra trades, well, use those trades smartly. Don't go, again, I don't reckon go sideways trading primos through this period, you know. If, if you get, if somehow we get the benefit that Supercoach decide, here's a, an extra five trades, well, you know, during that period, if it's only five weeks, it could be longer. If I'm going to lose a couple of games while putting a couple of donuts, but I get to trade harder at the back end of the year when I've earned some more cash, by all means, I'll go for it. But, yeah, any chance you reckon the season... I'll, I'll let you answer that, and then I'll ask you the next question. Or add it to that. Um, no, no, I don't really have much to add to that, mate. <laughs> um, any chance you think the season could be avoided? No. No chance. No. It. Yep. No, no, there, there will be a result in a premiership winner at the end of the year. And I'll tell you now, the theory around that this season should have just been 17 games, well, you know what? It's live and bloody true, that's for sure. They should, and, and this should have been done a long time ago, right? But the first 17 games a team plays in the year should be against uh, opposition that they haven't yet played in the season. The remaining five games, if they want to keep it at 22, should be those double-up games against oppositions, right? Now, if that was the fixture in, the AFL would have this fluency and an ability to say, yeah, you know what, uh, round 22, now scratch it. If they needed to delay it a week or not play on it on any given certain week or if they needed to shut it down for three weeks, and they would have had the ability to go down from 22 all the way to 17, and so, you know, the fact that that's not the case, I'm a big fan of the 17-game uh, season just in general because I, you know, I think it just should be that way. Either 17 or 34, but 34 would just be too long, wouldn't it? Um, so 17 it is. And, I mean, the AFL would just be then in a much better position right now to be able to organise, strategise and combat, you know, potentially, you know, the, the serious health risk that is out there. Oh, it's uh, it's a funny one. Have you how much thought have you put into the team moving forward? 
Um, well, I actually um, have gone out, Corey. I've brought my own uh, lab kit now. I don't know if I told you. Uh, got one ordered uh, from China. And um, I've actually tested everyone's immune system that's currently in my team. Now, if their immune system is not running at 96% efficiency, then I believe they might be susceptible to corona. Therefore, I will not select them. How many have you had to cull? <laughs> uh, about three of them. Yeah, okay. Um, <laughs> you, know, you know what the concern, honestly, though? I mean, you talk about... Um, you know, injuries and, you know, trades. Fair income, a player comes out with corona, right? He's rubbed out for eight weeks. What, it's just stiff shit to that team? Just like, you know, doing your ACL or something like that? Uh, I think the moment one player is actually diagnosed with corona um, could happen in the next three days before the season kicks off. We don't know. We had the Pendlebury scare today, all clear, thank God. Um, I think that's that's it. I don't think we're playing football. Bullshit. Nah, 100%. So you think about it, these guys spend every single day together. The moment one player is diagnosed, that whole team's done. You know what? Team's on lockdown. This might be a good thing. This might be a good thing for football. Maybe they shouldn't spend every day with each other. Maybe they should go out and get some, you know, regular time work. Like it was in the seventies. Have a few darts at halftime, Corey. Maybe uh, sink a few beers at halftime too, and, and just sort of sort things out like that. Not sure if you heard the news in the last hour, or so Corey Bernard Bernard Tomic. Yeah, have. Have? He's showing some serious symptoms. Symptoms oh, at the moment. He reckons he's got all the symptoms. I'll yeah. tell you now. You know, we don't know if this is serious, and if it's serious, then my apologies for what I'm about to say. But fair income, if that wasn't a bit of clickbait from him, organised by his people to get a bit of sympathy on his side for the cockhead he's been over the past 24 months, then I don't know what else is a uh, you know positive media grab. And I'm just going to let that one go straight to the keeper. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I'll tell you what I am doing to my team though. I am I'm going to get a, a, a plain a Ruckman at number three. Well, I'll tell you what I've done right now, and I, I don't think you're going to like it. You've seen the team. Uh, you probably think I'm talking shit. Um, I'm, I'm not 100% certain if I'm playing, if I'm going with this structure, but what I've looked at doing is kind of how much of a safety net can I create myself. Uh, we are going to have donuts, and what I'd come up with at the current stage was a Grundy at Ruck 1, Naismith yep. at Ruck 2. Yep. Darcy Cameron at Ruck 3. And, no, no, Se- no. and Segler as a forward Ruck. And the theory behind this right now is if, if Grundy misses, Cameron's in. So I've yep. got that trade there. If Naismith was to somehow miss, I can send Segler into the Ruck with the forward su- swing of Darcy Cameron. Now, the only way I'd be screwed is if both... Of Naismith or Grundy. Two of the three wins. Yeah, we're out. Um, but it was a way that I had a look. And what it also did is meant I could get Jack Stephen. But obviously, with the fixture run, that's all going to be a little bit tougher right now. Um, but it was just a little bit of, you know, thinking what happens in the ruck department. Because if there's any department that you're going to end up with a donut, it's more than likely in the rucks. Um, you know, the Cameron Grundy one, it's always easy. If one's out, the other, the other one's definitely going to play. Because I think they like the luxury of Cox being a ruck. I mean, uh, forward. So, in, you know, if, if Grundy's out, I'm pretty sure they'll go the, the double ruckman all the time. Um, and then, yeah, Naismith and Segler. Obviously, Naismith's body's not going to hold up all the time. He's definitely going to need a, a week off if this if this period happens. Segler can go straight into that position. Um, still, this isn't locked and set and sewn. This was just a little theory that I had, a little bit of a play around. You know I've got big wraps on Segler this year. I think he's going to average 95-plus. Um but yeah, that was a little bit of a safety net there. Hate the look of the team without Gaunt. 
So the other thing that I can try and do is figure out a way to get Gorn, but I don't know where I sacrifice that extra little bit of money to get Cameron up to um, Naismith. Yeah, so, I mean, now, you're not the first one. You won't be the last one to form the team without Gorn, and I hate the team without Gorn. I won't encourage people to do it. The thing I'm actually looking at is getting one of Luke Jackson or Naismith to my ruck bench. So if I can find money to go um, Darcy Cameron, who's 123k, Luke Jackson's 198, so what do I need there? About 75k. If I can find 75k to go up, then I'm pretty happy to to do that. I just have Luke Jackson as a plain ruck three sitting on my pine. He, he'll make money, he'll sort of, you know, cover in that period of time, think about it as well. If Gorn needs a rest, imagine, you know, Luke Jackson lining up as an, as an actual ruckman as well. So, you know, Melbourne have said, you know, he might be the tallest midfielder ever, but genuinely and seriously having a look at um, Luke Jackson at Ruck 3. I'd have a look at Naismith too. He's at 250. Um, so we'll kind of see what happens there. The, the other thing I need to think about as well is, so you've bought in Segler as kind of that insurance. I'll tell you now, though, if um, if we are really strapped in defence for some rookies, then the other thing that I will contemplate, and I can't even believe I'm saying this, Corey, but... I would actually contemplate going down to Naismith, get Luke Jackson on my bench, and then buy the extra defender. Because I think defender rookies are going to be so few and far between, particularly to start the season, that, you know, if I can get, you know, a Houston or a Sicily, as well as a Jackson onto my bench, um, you know, and if Gorn's kind of the sacrifice I need to make, then, then maybe that's what I have to do. But... Um, I mean, I probably won't know that until rookies and everything are kind of start to get finalised Wednesday, Thursday, Friday this week, providing the game goes ahead, or the the games go ahead. The biggest problem I think there is that Luke Jackson's only a ruck, isn't he? He's ruck only, yeah. So I'm not looking. I'm not. I'm confident that if Luke Jackson's fit, he's in the team. It's the same deal with Naismith, and so I don't really care about you know Segler going or being interchangeable. No, but I just what about Cameron then? What happens if Grundy gets missed? You're running a donut. Well, how? Because I've got Naismith and Jackson, so I'll have the both of them on field. Yeah. So you're you're telling no, me no, the situation no, where two ruckmen. You, miss. So hang on, you think that Luke Jackson's getting picked every game? Yep. Really? Yep. Because of how um, stressful this fixture is going to be on bodies. Well, not only that, but I mean, have you heard Gorn talk about him in the last week? Yeah, there's a lot of he's talk. Virtually, yeah, he's virtually, virtually guaranteed him game like to start the season, and um, I'm just, you know, you look at his kind of pre-season numbers and you're kind of relatively happy with that. I'm confident Jackson can get through 15, 16 games, no fuss this year. Uh, if, I think if that's the case and he's named and Darcy Cameron's not, then I'll definitely, I'll be going up to Luke Jackson as well. Yeah, and you know what? It's 65K. You can probably find 65K. For instance, 65K is Lockie Neal down to Clayton Oliver. So that would be a no-gorn team, correct? That would, well... No, it, the no Gorn team would be the situation where we are that tight on rookie defenders that um, I need an extra premium defender. I think Gorn would go out to make way for that. Yeah. I think regardless, if I want Luke Jackson on my bench, what I'm looking at is a Lockie Neal down to someone like a Clayton Oliver because that'll generate the you know, 50, 60K. Yeah. I think I've got like 20K in the bank, so I might even be able to do something like Lockie Neal down to Bonson Pally or something like that, and that'll generate me enough money to get Cameron up to Jackson. 
So it's that kind of situation I'm looking at because I think we've got two playing Ruckman in Naismith and Jackson who are getting named round one at essentially 250k or sub that. And I think given, you know, just what's going on with the fixture, I think it's probably necessary we start with either either or or both. See, I'm pretty confident that Cameron's going to get early games down too, though. Yeah, yeah. No, no, look, but you know what the advantage is? Cameron is also probably won't get named round one, but he's also a ruck forward. So, yeah. for instance, you know, he could be that kind of first downgrade option, you know, come round, you know, four, five, six, whatever it is, whenever he's going into his third game. And you're looking at him and you're thinking, all right, now Jackson's made me 100, 150K, no worries. Now I can piss him off. I've got a plain ruck three still. Cameron comes in there. Yeah, nicer. I think there's enough of those cheaper guys. We might see uh, Cherry through the year. I think there's enough of these cheaper guys to be able to start one of them. That way we can use them as actual money makers and then downgrade to the guys coming through after them later in the year. Later in the year. Yeah, I like it. That, that was some good ruck chat. Yeah, and, and you know what the other thing is as well? I mean, don't underestimate Bailey Williams as well. So it gives you that flexibility as well. So, you know, Naismith or Jackson, whatever it is, you can piss one of them off. Say Bailey Williams, you get consistent games, but you got him in your defense. You can kind of then, you know, do a bit of DPP. You know, you can flick him into your rucks. Um, so it's all about flexibility, I think, with our teams. I definitely want to start the year with a mid-forward in my midfield as well. Um, just because I want to promote and get as much flexibility as I can so I can manipulate things, hopefully, to my favour during the season. For those that are looking at Source Jacob, so let's have let's have a chat about a couple of the Ruckman. Um, how many games does he miss during that? Again, hypotheticals. If we play six games in four weeks, how many does Source Jacobs miss? Yeah, um, two or two, three. Because they've got Mumford. Oh, and, and you know what? I was so, and you know how much I enjoyed yeah. Jacobs in the preseason, up until the point in which GWS came out and said, nah, shared ruck duties. Yeah. They both play sim- similar amount of games. But you know what? Mumford didn't even feature in the preseason. Yeah. So were they just talking shit? They might have been. They they tend to do that a lot. I liked, I really liked the look of Saul. I got more excited by Saul Jacobs. As, Jacobs yeah, is... Is a genuine option if we seriously he would have started as my ruck too if we were just told yeah Jacob's well, on the air. How's Canelio this morning? They were doing you know that super coach talk where they given like the two minute questions um, and the, he was asked the question of who not to pick from GWS this year. Yeah. His answer was uh, mummy. Mm, you know what? <laughs> I might even be getting Jacobs. And, uh, you know, Luke Jackson and, you know what, maybe I'll piss Grundy off and start Naismith too and just load up everywhere else. Yeah. His, uh, his other question was who's most likely to pick themselves in their team and the answer was Shane Mumford as well. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, no, it's interesting. Nick Natanui, how many games does he play in a... How many of six would he play in a four-week span? Two. Ooh, only two. He's, he's dead. Yeah, he might even play zero because he'll probably do his ACL before he gets to that stage of the season if it was Nate to Smith happen. Smith will have Sinclair. Do you reckon they'll have rotation? Or both will be named. How will that work? Um, I think they're both named. Buddy's out for the early part of the year. So they're both certainly starting the year. And when Buddy comes back, maybe they manipulate things a little bit. And uh, But, you know, from everything I've seen and heard, Naismith seems to be the choice um, ahead of Sinclair as the sole ruckman. Yeah. And Aaliyah, Aaliyah will probably get some ruck minutes as well. Probably good for, uh, you know, your draft leagues. Oh, big Aaliyah fan. Uh, I think his intercept work is some of the more underrated stuff floating around in the competition. Yep, okay. Um, Grundy, how many will he play? 
and we're looking at six games in four weeks. Yeah, yeah. Play, so that's what we're gonna we're gonna go. I, I think most players would be looking to play four, and I think there'd be a handful that'll play five. I don't think anyone plays six in that situation. Goldie plays the same. Yep, they're all the same. To me, they're all the same. I mean, you, particularly when you're looking at Sol Ruckman, who do ninety percent of the work in the ruck. I mean, unless the AFL comes out and say, says, okay. We know we're condensing the fixture into this short period of time now. Unless they come out and slash games by 20 to 25% Which of back game time play. we're about to go to in a second. Yeah, okay. So unless they've done that, then all of a sudden I'm more confident in their ability just to back up game after game. So that was going to be my question. If we cut, you know, five minutes off each quarter, yep. um, do you think that'll help Ruckman? Yep, it'll help every player. It'll help midfielders. It'll help, you know, players like, you know, Cripps, for instance, right, who's probably going to shoulder a fair bit of the work as it is. Cutting game time will ensure he plays more games. It does also mean that he's got the potential to have, you know, niggling injuries and have his body banged up and might need to miss, you know, a two, three-week period like he did last year. Um, so, you know, we're dealing with hypotheticals here and unknowns. I mean, it would be nice at this point of the season to know from the AFL for them just to say, hey, this is the plan right now. If, you know, the trajectory kind of went as it goes, uh, you know, with the COVID-19 and all the rest of it, right, this is what will happen from round between rounds four to seven. We anticipate this to kind of be where we're at in the world. This is what the fixturing is going to be. It would be not – it's not – doesn't mean that the AFL have to fucking set it in stone, Corey. <laughs> just give us some fucking guidance. Give us an idea. Because no right, <laughs> right now we're getting an empty stadium for Thursday night's game, and, I don't, and I'm not even confident after that. And you know what? Yeah. I mean, you know, and the listener's probably not a big WWE fan. You saw how unwatch and people probably think WWE is unwatchable as it is, but with an out and audience, how fucking unwatchable that was. What do you think's going to happen on Thursday? <laughs> Did you see the video of the guy at the Europa League, like, what was it, last week or the week before? The one fan that was in, like, wasn't even a fan of it. He was just a ball boy or something, him chanting in the crowd. It's so, it's, it's, it's honestly pathetic. You know, this is, this is probably what's going to happen. The AFL, because they like to test waters, these people, right? They like to put something out there, see what kind of comes back, then they'll make a decision. They will play this game on Thursday night and they will monitor the living fucking shit out of the feedback about what it was like as a, as a spectacle, um, you know, what, what's kind of the fan feedback and all the rest of it, and then they'll make the decision. I think there's... So the best thing we can do on Twitter is say that it's, it makes no difference if there's no one in the stadium. Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah. If you can ring up SEN, ring up Waitley and all the rest of them, and just say, "Hey, nah, that was fantastic," and I guarantee you, every game will go ahead without a crowd. Beautiful. Hey, how much does an, a decrease in game time help someone like Nick Natanui, who scores insanely on a point per minute basis, where we're yep. clearly going to have scaling after a game? Yep. No, no, no. I can guarantee you, he'll be the number one ruckman. Yep. In that. You period. know why? You know why though? If you play less game time, he'll play the same minutes. His yep. body can cope with a certain amount of minutes, right? So all of a sudden, if those minutes, you know, would typically only equate to 60% game time, he plays the same amount of minutes, all of a sudden he's playing 75%, right? What it means is everyone around him who would usually chalk up some uh, chalk up some points, they're not there. And in a game where you've got 3,300, is it 3,300, Corey? Yep. Yep. Yeah, 3,300 allocated points, 
he'll be given a bigger slice of that pie. Yeah, because he's one that I'm just kind of waiting to see what the plan is. Um, because if they come out and say they're going to be reduced minutes, he was one I was seriously looking at, especially in this little kind of crazy setup I've got going on now with, uh, you know, different Ruckman floating around and, you know, your Luke Jackson and potentially Williams as well. Because um, it assumed that, you, I mean, it was you that was saying they don't like Vardy. You'd imagine Vardy would play as well. But what if a game, we get a game where... Um, is it Bailey? What's his name? B Williams. What's his yeah Bailey? Williams, Bailey? Yeah. yeah, Imagine we get Bailey Williams solo ruck for a game. <laughs> like, You'd have him on field in your defence. Yeah. Um, anyone else that strongly favours you think? Nah, no, nah, no. Nah. So not no one strongly um, sort of favours it, and it's it's coming down to the fact that I don't know what's going on. I mean, I can have my theories. I can take a guess about what I think is going to happen. But I think what I need to do is plan for the worst-case scenario. And the worst-case scenario is we get a lot of games in a condensed period. So I want to be absolutely sure that the rookies I'm taking into the season are not these one-week wonders and that they will be getting games. And I'll tell you an example of this. Isaac Rankin, whether he lines up round one or not, I can guarantee he'll start in my team. Because if he's touch and go for round one, he'll be there for round two. And if he's there for round two, he'll be there ongoing unless he's injured. So, you know, people might get sucked into someone else who's named, the Ben Davies, for instance, from Adelaide, and they might select him over Isaac Rankin. But come round four, five, or six, if we're potentially faced with this increased games in a shorter or in the same amount of game time, or uh, weeks, uh, I should say, you know, five games in three weeks, six in four, whatever it is, I want to be sure I've got players on that bench who are consistently going to get picked. Yeah. Uh, not, not so the... your max, your max kings and your rankings are they need to be, in my opinion, forward seven and eight. Yeah, which is what I've got right now. One hundred percent. I'm really deep in the bloody forward line. Um, your mid price madness question. Well, do you just try and get more senior bodies into your team? Is is that what we might have to do? Will we have to make sure that you're running a, a deeper line of players who, you know, may miss one or two games, but you know that, at you know, out of three out of seven games, if that's what we get to, that they're going to be there for, you know, five of them and missing two? No, I'm going to say no, because you still need to have the best possible team come season's end. There will be a way to do it. It's just not clear right now on what the path is, Right. But there needs to be, and, and I repeat, needs to be not an abundance of these mid-priced players selected. Would you prefer to have Lockie Whitfield and rookies, or, you know, Rocky Whitfield, rookie, rookie, or Jack Stephen, Devin Smith, and a Brayshaw? To, to be fair, if you didn't already have a couple of those players and Lockie Whitfield, I don't know what the hell you're doing to the structure of your team. Yeah, but just, you know, argument's sake. So, so for argument's sake... For instance, I would be more comfortable with doing something like Lockie Whitfield and, you know, for whatever reason, uh, you know, you might not have someone around the 500k mark. You know, you could go Whitfield down to Isaac Heaney, for instance, and use that money to then upgrade your ruck bench or something like that. I don't like the idea and you can't do that anyway, can you? Because, oh no, you probably can do that. Whitfield into Stephen and um, Brayshaw. If you don't have the two of them. Um, I don't like running three. I don't like running Brayshaw, Smith, and Stephen, and or anyone else mid-prices. You might be thinking about Segler, whoever else it might be in that price bracket. 
Because at the end of the day, you, you still need to upgrade. You still need to upgrade your team. Yeah. You still need to have you know your top averaging guys. You still need to be able to upgrade your team. And you know what? Um, you might be treading water, or you might be kind of okay if games are condensed through that period, and that might be the way you want to play it. But when you come out of that period, and when you come out of the buys. If you've chewed up a few trades, um, you're in deep trouble. And you know what? You might make the finals in your league, but you, you probably ain't you know, progressing very deep. Well, it comes to that question again. What if they give us more trades? You know? Well, I mean, if they give you more, I'll tell you, if they give us more trades, then yes. I mean, the only reason we don't like starting an abundance of underpriced players is the fact that we are limited to trades. trades. Yeah. And so, you know, every year people run out of trades. So, you know what? If we had 32, 34 trades, 100% that gives you more permission to do so. 100%. It's crazy. But I don't think that'll happen. I think what's, if anything, and I stress if, because we've got no say at Supercoach HQ, right? If anything is to happen, we'll be given the option to use more trades on any given week, but the, the, they will still remain at 30 as, as a cap. Yeah. Yeah, so three trades every week if you choose to. Not every week, but I think if there's increased games in a short, in a you know three week period or whatever it is, I think we'll be given the option to use uh, you know more trades. Yep, no, no I agree. But freaking hell, who knows? We've managed to, managed to cover forty minutes so far of talking absolute nonsense. I mean, let's not forget you've probably got the you've got the Bombs Express here just fucking told us absolutely non logical uh, sort of shit for a fair portion of the day. <laughs> Who's got you most worried in your team at the moment? Um, Stasevich. I'm not confident he's going to get selected. In terms of my premiums, Lucky Whitfield. He goes down with an injury, and for whatever reason, the season was changed to the point where, um, like I said, five games in three weeks. I feel like we've said that a million times already, but that's five games he's potentially out for. Yeah, but that's it. That's every player, isn't it? Are you reckon um, that this is really outlandish? That there would ever be a situation, a bit like the BBL, where you get double game weeks from players? Oh, <laughs> <laughs> like you get a Crips double game week, and you can just you know vice captain loophole that into a Tom Mitchell double game week or something like that. Yeah, you know what I mean. Think about how early you have to figure out whether you're taking that too. And you know what? It would not be fair for Supercoach to give us double game weeks, um, you know, if we weren't told about it, you know, to be able to plan and, and negate it would be so. Well, what happens if there's a crossover fixture? They have to have like a day break, surely. There would have to be a day break. That just means, and you know, the good thing about Supercoach, you know, rolling lockout, all the rest of it, it just means that you need to be onto your team, making your substitutions and get, you need to be on the ball. We have a one day break for a podcast. Yeah, yeah. One day, gee, that'd be wouldn't it be enough time to listen to it? Would be. Yeah, man. I tell you what. Oh, like imagine how good it would be to have football, like six oh, out of seven nights a week. I love it. I mean, I, I would absolutely love it because it means you know we can all watch more football. I feel like we don't, you know, not everyone has a chance to, you know, really watch a lot of teams and all the rest of it because, you know, it's a Saturday Arvo, Saturday night. You know, people go out, people do shit. All of a sudden, you're running games Monday to Friday. I mean, who the fuck's not going to sit at home on a Tuesday night and turn on the footy? 
Yeah, I'm not 100%. Oh, mate, I'll clear the whole fixture so I can get out on a You think if we've got Monday night football, you think I'm going to play indoor on a Monday night? Forget no, about it. No Absolutely chance. clear the fixture, mate. <laughs> oh, God, God, God. Um, I don't know what other questions to ask about everything that's going on. I think that's I think that's probably where we probably have to leave it for this stage and until we get some more information about what's going on and all the rest of it and obviously we have some content coming up later in the week. Yeah, we'll we'll be getting another podcast. It's and you know what's funny is we could sit here and record this now. Some news could come out in the next hour or two and oh, we just totally debunk everything we said. Back to the drawing board. Yeah, drawing another podcast tomorrow. Um, tell you what's been good at the moment: the Patreon chat. I mean. You know I give it a bit of a shout-out every single week, but seriously, it's the one place right now, like, every time I log on to Facebook, every time you log on to Twitter, your whole feed is just full of absolute crap about Corona. Um, The Patreon's been that one place where you can literally just go talk Supercoach. Yeah. And And almost keeps it a little bit sane again. Yeah, and you know what? It's it's kind of a good thing. You know, you kind of step away from all the Corona shit and all that. And um, I know you said earlier, you know, you know, we're recording this and, you know, you said it was Monday 5.30 and that. And, look, we haven't had a chance to review Gillan McLaughlin's press conference that came out at 5.30 yet. So, and I um I haven't been on my phone to check what the updates were, but we may have just talked about oh, stuff that was completely imagine, irrelevant. Imagine we've just sat here <laughs> recording this, this whole thing in an overlap. It is what it is, yeah. man. God. You seen that TikTok going around? It is what it is. It would be an absolute nightmare. Nah, I haven't really been TikToking lately. Oh, uh, unlucky. Yeah. Oh, not really. It's, yeah, probably keep me a little bit saner as well. Um, but yeah, oh, there's just yeah, so many variables. So many. Um, hey, another thing I should say, look, if you can get into the Patreon in probably, what, the next two days? What is it, Monday? Yeah, get in before Wednesday. We may still have a league spot. I know uh, Divi 4 still got... Uh, it's at a 10-man league at the moment, and we're looking at opening up to the 18. So if a couple of you are still looking for a league, um, jump into the Patreon. You'll you'll be able to jump into the Divi 4. Um, I think with Bonds. I think Bonds is playing Divi 4 this year. I'm not too sure. Oh, Divi 2 is what I heard. No, I was just joking. I was going to say, Big Shano's in uh, Divi 4. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, yeah... That's it. That's it. That'll do us. We'll yeah, uh, we'll chat us. to you guys later in the uh, week. I guess. What about what about you got a, your Brett news? Or is anything to confirm with the know about Brett? Now I was now just don't know how politically correct or incorrect this would be, but word has it, Corey, he's um he's gone walk on the streets as he usually does, right? And there was a woman who coughed. Now, the cough was uh was quite extreme. And you know what it reminds me of? I don't know if, if people have seen the Loogie episode, you know, the Seinfeld Loogie yeah. scene. All I'm going to say is uh, that might have a lot to do with where Brett is tonight. Has, and believe it there. Is it a randomly rocked into him on Saturday? <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I noticed his hip was still attached to him, wasn't it? Mate, <laughs> just... I, oh, I couldn't believe it. Um, man, now... You know, following from that, me and Brett have had a word just about your exchange on Saturday, and he, he has told me in a private chat that 
Well, he actually likes me better than you now. Yeah, that's right. No, that's it's just there. been an interesting turn of events. That has the relationship. Fashionista, Brett. Brett is, by the way. He rocks <laughs> up. He's, you know, he's got a beautiful pair of checkered pants on. Uh, lovely. <laughs> lovely like Ralph Lauren polo. And he's him rocking into me in a VB floral T-shirt. <laughs> Hawaiian type yeah, setup. Yeah, the Hawaiian hey, VB shirt. Have you, have you seen the... Um, yeah, we, obviously, we love the... Uh, you know, we love people rocking the Hawaiian stuff and, and more so to you and... Uh, yeah, old serial pest mate Dizzer and everyone. Um, have you seen the AFL ones that have come out? Oh, no. Oh, I've got to send you a link because we've got to get ourselves some, mate. They look fucking grouse. Hawaiian, like AFL? Yeah, oh, yeah. I've got to send you the God. link. They look I'll, fucking I'll buy about 45 of them. Oh, I won't give them a plug because they don't sponsor us, so maybe I'll just private message you. Yeah, uh, and maybe <laughs> private message the page too, so if they want to sponsor <laughs> us as well. All right, Elitist. On behalf of Bombs Myself, myself and the patreons at patreon.com forward slash sc elites peace out community thanks for listening and let's pray that we get some football this week